Hello, Malcolm here, and welcome to the second class of the men's series for the Watford Church of Christ called Finding the Father's Face. Now, we had the class last night, I had an excellent discussion, and I wish I could bottle that and share with you all the thoughts the different men there had about our topic today, uh, but there's time and space for that. But what I thought I would do for those of us who weren't, a be, weren't able to make it is to summarize um, the, uh, the, the points of the class and uh, then we can have some discussions outside of the session on Wednesday anyway because this is such an important topic. So first of all, just to review the point of the series, which is that to say that we can only really know the true nature of God as Father from the Scriptures and the Lord's Prayer in particular in Matthew chapter 6 teaches prayer, but it also teaches us how to relate to God as Father, what He's like, because we can, again, only really know that, well, the, or perhaps the best way to relate to God as Father is to look at the way Jesus relates to God as Father. And the very beginning of this prayer is our Father in heaven. So Jesus is teaching us about his Father as much as he's teaching us about prayer, I would suggest. And this comes as an idea from the book, The Good and Beautiful God, which I have very much enjoyed reading. So what we're trying to do is to understand our Father better through what's revealed in the Lord's Prayer, to come to know him better because of that, and enjoy our Father God, and to be a more Father God-like Father to our children, if we have them, and also to represent Father God more accurately to the world and thus make him more attractive for people to get to know. So those are the, the aims of this class series. So going back to Matthew chapter 6, this first session section we talked about, first phrase we talked about last time, our Father in heaven. So in the heavenlies, in that way of thinking, was not about God being distant, but actually about him being close. So the first thing we learn about our Father God is that he is nearby. And if you uh, haven't looked at the first class, you might like to do that. The second phrase is what we're looking at today. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. So the point of today's class is that Father God is holy. Father God is holy. As James Bryan Smith puts it in his book on page 60, holiness has to do with purity. Jesus is teaching us that there is nothing bad about God. God can neither sin nor participate in evil. In one word, God is pure. So let's talk about what it means that our Father God is holy. First of all, defining hallowed. Interesting old word here, hallowed. It means to make holy, to treat as holy, to reverence, to sanctify, to consider holy. It's the same word used in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. In your hearts, revere, as in hallow, Christ as Lord. Uh, reverence him. The word hallow, according to uh, uh, a book on the Lord's Prayer by Wesley Hill, the word hallow means to honor, to make uncommon, to make something special, as we might say in contemporary English. So why does this matter? Um, why does it matter that we pray that his name be hallowed, be holy? Isn't his name already holy? Uh, what difference would our prayers make? Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3, um, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, repeated three times. The whole earth is full of his glory. So isn't his holiness well known? Well, part of the reason it's important is because his name is not so often, is not always treated as holy, even by his followers like you and me. And obviously that's a serious problem. In Leviticus 11, verse 44, I am the Lord your God, consecrate yourselves and be holy. So he's calling on the people of God to be holy because I am holy. So there has to be a connection of some kind of holiness between God and his followers. As Timothy Keller puts it in his book called Prayer, referencing this phrase in the Lord's Prayer, as name bearers, so we bear the name of God in a sense, uh, they represent a good and holy God 
And so we're praying, by praying this, that God keeps us from dishonoring the name by which we are called, that he would empower us to become ourselves good and holy. So if our God is a if our Father God is a good and beautiful God, a good and, he's a good and holy God, then we wish to be good and beautiful or good and holy in this part of this sense. So we petition God by praying this, that his name might be hallowed, because too often, sadly, it is not. And there is, I think, also an evangelistic function to this to some degree. Uh, as Carson puts it in his commentary on this, it's a prayer which, when answered, means that we will hallow God's name. In other words, Christ's followers are asking their Heavenly Father to act in such a way that they, and an increasing number of others, will reverence God, glorify Him, consider Him holy, and acknowledge Him. As, again, Wesley Hill says, to pray for God's name to be hallowed is to ask God to preserve and display His mysteriously radiant reality. What a great phrase. It is to ask God to keep before the eyes of the world this drama of divine majesty and mercy so that we can continue to speak it back to God in worship and cling to it in times of desperation. So what does it do for you and I to hallow God's name? What does it do for us? Well, first of all, I'd say it reminds us that we're disciples of Jesus when we hallow his name. Uh, even the demons in Mark chapter 1 verse 24 recognize that Jesus is the Holy One of God. So Father God is holy. Jesus, his son, is holy. We are the followers of Jesus, so this reminds us that we are called to holiness as we follow Jesus. I think also it helps us because it deepens our connection with God or our conviction as to who he is. When the martyr Polycarp was threatened with martyrdom, uh, he was being asked essentially to hallow the name of the emperor, and he refused because he would not unhallow the name of God. And so there's that sense of God, help me to hallow your name, to keep you as the as 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 my prime uh, location for loyalty. You are the one I am loyal to, no one else. So there's a deepening of our connection and our commitment to God through praying this and then prayerfully uh, living it. And it reminds us to pray this, that we are not at the center of things. God is. He is holy. He is ultimate holiness. I think also it deepens our awe of him. When we remember his purity, then we are more able to be in awe. Uh, referencing Calvin, Timothy Keller remarks, again in that book I mentioned earlier, to hallow God's name is not merely to live righteous lives, but to have a heart of grateful joy toward God. And even more, a wondrous sense of his beauty. Thinking back to Psalm 27 verse 4, to gaze on his beauty. We do not revere his name unless he captivates us with wonderment for him. So his holiness is one of the things that helps us to be in awe of God. So a question that came up in the discussion last night, and I'd like to just leave with you a couple of questions, but one was whether we sense that God's holiness is a good thing or a bad thing, in the way that it affects our relationship with Father God. Of course, it didn't present a problem for Jesus. And for him, the holiness of Father God was something that he valued, of course. But what does it do for us? Uh, one of the men last night made the point that he wouldn't want a God that was not holy. Because if God was not holy, it would mean that he was fallible. And if he was fallible, he couldn't be trusted to, to have the strength and the resources necessary for what we need. So that's a really good point. So how does that help our relationship with Father God? I think this is the key thing here. God is holy. That's a good thing. But what does it mean for our relationship with him? For some of us that may have grown up in very strict households with very high standards, where we felt we couldn't reach those standards, has that affected 
the way you think about God's standards of holiness and his standards for you and thus your connection with him, your intimacy with him? Does it help or does it get in the way? And is there a way of understanding Father God's holiness that can help us to have a healthy, close, personal relationship with him? If Father God is holy, what does that mean for you and me? If Father God is holy, how can we be more aware of this reality, of his holiness? And if Father God is holy, how can we enjoy his holiness? I think this is one of the key questions. His holiness is not designed to be a barrier. It's meant to be a, a doorway, a gate, an access part, a point, a something that catalyzes our relationship with him. So in what way can we enjoy his holiness, knowing that we're not as holy as we would like to be? And then the, in the discussion about what that means for us that are fathers and uh, with our children, how does this play into this? Because if Father God is our father, then there's elements of this that must be instructional for us as fathers as well. So here are some questions for that. What does it mean to be holy for our children? How do we be holy? What does that mean? How can we help our children to be more aware of our holiness in the way that that's appropriate? And what can we do so that our children enjoy our holiness or at least respect it or find value in it, find something beneficial in our holiness? What does that mean? We didn't have time to discuss this much last night, but I think it's a really important question. So, um, hallowed be your name. Uh, Dallas Willard, in his book, Life Without Lack, says this about this phrase. Hallowed be your name. I find it helpful to reword this verse to, may your name be cherished and loved. May your name be cherished and loved. I really like the way he puts that. Next time, we're going to talk about Father God being powerful. That's the, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. So we'll come back to that in a couple of weeks. I wonder what you think about all this. Please do let me know. Drop me a line, malcolm at malcolmcox.org. Uh, leave a comment anywhere you hear or see this recording. Leave it publicly so that we can learn from each other because we learn best when we're learning in community. If you haven't already done so, why not subscribe and hit the notification bell. And uh, if you know anybody that might benefit from this, do please pass the link on. And I do hope and pray that between now and the next time that... God being nearby and God being holy will be something that you and I can become more aware of and cherish and value and enjoy. So let us together seek the Father's face. Let's find the Father's face for his sake and for ours and for the world's. Till the next time, take care and God bless.